Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Still Figuring Out. I'm your host, Kirsty. And what a gloomy day it is, you guys. I am sitting at my desk. We've got a lot of things out. You know, let me let me paint a picture for you guys. Um, I just made some tea. I've become a very big tea gal recently. I have my boyfriend to thank that. Um, I had gotten sick like a couple weeks ago. Um, that was one of the reasons why I didn't record for the two weeks in a row. And my boyfriend made me tea a lot. And I found that it really helped. So I actually went out this past Monday and I bought some tea for myself. And I sent up and I tell my boyfriend, he was like so proud. I'm like, I, I catch on. But I just did some of that for like a early afternoon. It's 1230 when I'm recording this podcast. I have my little teacup. My little mug, actually, <laughs> not that old. <laughs> On my desk, I have my notes out. I have my phone with my notes. I have some books stacked, which you'll know from the title and later on when I tell you about this. And I have my planner, like everything I want to get done today. I've done like three things so far today, which is good. Um, still have like three more things to do. So I'm halfway done with that, which is good. I woke up pretty early today, like at 730 and I finished my book that I had been reading, which you guys, I have to say, I am so impressed with myself with how good I've been doing with my books, like my Goodreads challenge. So if you don't know, I'm doing this Goodreads challenge, which is an app. And it's also a website where you get to um, put how many books you want to read in a year. Um, you can do as many as you want. And you just keep track of it. You keep track of the pages that you read during that day. And you get to show what book you're reading and which ones you're on next. So you can rate it and comment on it for other people to know to see if they want to read it or not. And so I made a goal for myself for this year to read 30 books by the end of the year. So I have until December 31st. Um, and you guys, I just finished my 20th book this morning. Um, I I want to give myself a pat on the back. You know what? Give yourself a pat on the back too if you feel good about accomplishing something today or just any time because you deserve it. Even if other people don't necessarily see it as anything or you don't want to tell anybody, I'm proud of you. So I'm going to be going on my 21st book, which I'm very excited about. I actually picked up um, Sally Rooney's newest book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? Um, and I'm actually going to start reading that one probably tomorrow. I don't know. I have a lot to do today. It's a lot of looking at computers. I got my computer screen. I don't want to strain my eyes too much, even though I have my glasses on. But yeah, probably just chill for that reason. But yeah, um, so I'm actually recording this on a Thursday and you're probably wondering, why are you recording this on a Thursday during the week? Shouldn't you be at your terrible job, soul-sucking, toxic workplace? And you know, the regular answer would be yes. Yes, I should be there, but not this week. I... I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation from there for nine days. And I'm very sad to say that I'm going back um, this Monday. So when this episode comes out, I will be back to work the next day. So that's been a little <laughs> sad to think about. But it has been so nice just chilling out, doing things, not being at work, not going near my job. Um of course, I've been like near like in the towns where my job is, but I have not stepped foot in there. So I thought I would just kind of tell you guys 
what I've been up to on my vacation this past week and just tell you what I've been doing every day and just kind of catch you up on there because I've been doing some stuff. I've been spending some stuff. Um, I literally like added up like guesstimate of what I've spent this vacation so far. And luckily I got paid today from my job and it didn't exceed how much I spent because ooh, that was I always notice that when I'm on vacation, I want to spend an ungodly amount of money and I just don't think about it. Like my debit card, no thoughts, just pay, just swipe, just insert, done. Don't look at the receipts. We throw them out. <laughs> we just have what we have, whether it's food, whether it's clothes, whether it's books, whether it's just random things like gas and laundry. We, we do that. But I was like, you know what? I think I need to take a little break with the spending because it's been a little crazy. So, and I'll go through like what I've been doing these past almost week, actually, um, since I've been on vacation. So let's let's start last week. Let's start. My vacation started last Friday because I went from the 3rd until the 13th this month. Um, I mean, there wasn't really any like big reasoning for doing it. Um, well, I mean, there kind of was reasoning. I had a bunch of vacation, sick time, personal hours that I've accumulated over the course of the year of work and I needed to use them up at a certain time. Um, which is actually this month I need to use them up by or else, you know, they wouldn't crew over however that works or something. So I figured, okay, I didn't really take any big vacations in the summertime. The last like week long vacation I took was for my birthday week this past year, like the beginning of this year, like the whole week I just took off for my birthday. Um, and I think I only did like five days off. Like the biggest one this summer was like end of July into August. And besides that, I've done like weekend, like little requesting time off and all that. Because um, honestly, the next <laughs> thing I have is for my music festival in New York, which is, oh my God, you guys, it is this month. I remember talking about this like the beginning of this year. I mean, like, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen. And then just hearing about like, you know, the surges going back with COVID and the Delta variant and, you know, but also being able to see other people live out their festival dreams this summer. I'm like, I kid you not, guys. I have not been to a concert since December of 2019 when I was 24 years old. And it is now September of 2021, and I am 26 years old. And, you know, I was always such a big concert goer. I used to go to like eight to 10 concerts a year. And, you know, I have to say, although it is saving me a lot of money, <laughs> thank God, um, I miss it. You know, when it's just something that you love doing, like, you know, I love going to concerts. I find that it's such a great experience that, you know, no amount of money, you know, isn't a bad thing for it. I just, I love going to them. I love seeing artists that maybe have helped me during a bad time or that I've loved for so long and never had the chance to see, or just had a really good album that I loved and would play continuously and getting to hear it live is just such a beautiful moment and event and memory to un keep locked in my mind for those rainy days like today um but god I've been to so many concerts you guys it's I feel very lucky and I feel very grateful that I've been able to do that you know, you know I could sit here and complain about being a lot of things that you know I haven't gotten to do or I'm not close to doing, but, you know, getting the experience of going to concerts has definitely been something I don't take for granted at all. But 
yeah, I'm excited about that. My first time back, um, of course, I'll be wearing my mask and I am fully vaccinated and I will be taking any precautions if needed, but I'm excited um, to do that. Can't believe it's in like two weeks, pretty much. I'm going. I'm going um, the 24th to the 20, 26th of this year. And I'm so excited to see Billie Eilish. She's closing the first night. And then ASAP Rocky's closing Saturday night. And then Post Malone's closing out the entire festival on Sunday. So I'm very excited to see him. I have also not seen him since 2019. He's like one of my favorite rappers to see live. I'm excited to see him. Again, Billie Eilish, Bleachers. I'm just very excited to actually see performers live instead of on YouTube. So good things for that to come. But with that in mind, I thought I would just kind of go through how my vacation has been and just talk about things like that. So again, I said I started my vacation on the third of this month. And so that day I went out to Newport with my mom. We kind of had like a girl's day, great little start to the vacation. Um, I did end up going to Target and I spent money on shoes that I didn't need to spend money on. I didn't even need to be there, but they were like doing like their summer clearance and these shoes I got are so cute. They were only like $12.50. So in my mind, I thought it was worth it. This is the day that I also realized my spending has gone a little crazy. So I'm grateful like probably the rest of this vacation, I'm not spending any more money. Um, And so then we went out to Newport after um, we went out to eat um, at this restaurant that I love going to. They have the best drinks. Like They have like a whole martini list. And I was like, I'm getting a drink because I'm on vacation and I'm not driving. <laughs> so we had that. It was like a peach martini and like my favorite like candy, gummy candy, because I'm not a big sweet chocolate person. I love peach rings, like the peach ring candies with the sugar on it. And this one, I kid you not, tasted just like it. It had the sugar rim. And I was like, this is how you do drinks right. And so I ended up paying for lunch for my mom and I. Then we walked around a little, went into some stores, went into my friend's store, um, my friend's friend's store, um, because I wanted to take my mom to it. And it was amazing as always. Um, And then we went to Sephora because I wanted to see if they had something that I needed. And I'm getting my mom something too. And I had my hair appointment after at 4.30, which I got it cut the way I wanted to finally. So it's all the same length and it's short and I love it. And we changed up the color again back to the red because I went like super dark before. And I'm like, I don't like it. I want to go back to my color I had at the beginning of the year when I first got it dyed like on my birthday. And so we're going back to that, which I love. And it's perfect for fall because I'm basic like that. And then I we went to Barnes & Noble because I wanted to get a book because I was knew I was going to be finishing my other book. This is like two books away, um, like back. So I ended up, I knew I finished that one at night and I wanted another one before I started reading Sally Rooney's new book, which I knew was coming out on that Tuesday, the 7th. So we went there. And the Barnes & Nobles I have near me has a cafe. So I'm pretty sure most of them do, but we went there. I got my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. And like with me, I don't drink a lot of caffeinated drinks. I'll like treat myself to like a coffee every so often. I'm not a fan of iced coffee though. So I only drink like hot coffee. That's why I love drinking in the fall, but have that. My mom was nice enough to pay for both of that. And I went to my hair appointment after that. 
And then I went home, packed up, and I was staying at my boyfriend's until Labor Day. So the Friday to the like Monday morning. So I went there. I was like so riled up from the caffeine. We just like hung out. We had Domino's for supper. If you know, you know. I love Domino's. He was like, we can do this. He's like, I'll give you two options. There's like one thing is like Domino's. And I was like, we're doing Domino's. So we did that and just like watched like some videos with our other friends that he lives with. And then the next day we went up to Westerly. Um, we went out for some drinks with our other friends. We did that. Um, and then we went to our friend's like family, parents' house, dad's house. And we watched um, like home videos and had like a little cookout and stuff there because the house is actually getting sold. So we were doing that, dipping my feet in the pool, which was kind of cold from the hurricane we had that past week. And then we just went back and chilled out and all that because it was a long day. And then on Sunday, it was kind of crappy out. We didn't really have too many plans. And I felt so bad because I had talked about how I was sick the last week and I accidentally gave it to my friend I feel like I gave it to everyone because now I feel better but now everyone else is feeling bad too so she was kind of sick we kind of just like hung out in the living room I caught up on like YouTube videos that kind of stuff and then my friend and her dog well she asked me if I wanted to go on the cliff walk at this area in our town and go for a walk and whatnot so we did that for two hours then we got some food then we went up to another place for a drive and we got food there too. And then I came back. I spent like seven hours out with my friend, which was really nice. And I came back and we just like hung out. I think we watched a movie. I don't remember what it was. I think it was a movie that he liked, which actually was pretty good for me not remembering what it's called. It was animated. I'm not a big animated person. I know that's like a hot take with people it's like Disney and Pixar. I'm like, I'm just not an animated person in general and just like with movies <laughs> so we did that and then on monday i left a little early it was labor day i left a little early because i just wanted to have like my routine back like i chilled out during the weekend which was nice and not having to worry about doing stuff and worrying about deadlines or work or sunday scaries so i went back and my mom and i did laundry like our laundry food shop for the week for like my breakfasts and my lunches because I really wanted to try to not eat out anymore because I ate like garbage the whole weekend like from Friday to Sunday and I hate doing that um so we did that then I spent some of my day going through my closet for things I wanted to donate and I did like a big bag of that and just like organizing everything in my room like my drawers and stuff and cleaning my room just like good start to the day. I used to do this on Sundays, like organizing and cleaning. I found that I like doing it on Mondays better, especially when I have like work, like um, when I close. I just like having something to do and feeling productive. And Sundays are like a good rest day for me now. But then I had an assignment for my other job I needed to get done that night. And then on Tuesday, what did I do? Oh, Tuesday, I did some food shopping with my mom. We ended up going to Target and we went to Spirit Halloween, which was really fun. And that's when I picked up my book from Barnes and Nobles. Um, we did that. And then I went thrift shopping. I donated my clothes and I got some more clothes because my philosophy is if you bring stuff out of your closet, you can bring stuff back in. And I always do this rule where like how many things, how many hangers I have, like sure hangers and pan hangers is how many things I can get. 
if I go over that and I sign myself having clothes stacked up in my closet instead of hung, then I have to go through my closet because clearly I need to get rid of stuff. That's my philosophy. So did that. And then I had yet another writing assignment I had to do that night too. So it's been a big, like busy time during my vacation, which I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. It just can be a lot sometimes. And then yesterday we went, I went with my friend again and her dog um, up to Connecticut where there's this like cider place. Now I love cider. It's my favorite alcohol drink to have. Um, and there's this place in Connecticut that I went to for the first time last year. I loved it. They have like apple cider donuts, cider wine, just regular cider in like the milk containers. They have like honey, jam, and it's all like made there. Like you can't even get this stuff at liquor stores. And so we went there for like a little drive. And I had a good time, but there was so many bees. Like, I have learned that the best time to go there is definitely more towards fall because they're open until they just opened like a couple weeks ago, not even that. And they stay open until like end of November into December, like depending on the weather because most of it is outdoors when you go over there. And it's not the best like areas for parking. Like, when we went last year, we had to park on the road, but like we were able to park like in the area. And I've heard that it's definitely less busy during the weekdays than it is on the weekend. So, because we tried going this past weekend, but we're like, it's Labor Day. They just open. Not going to be the best idea. So, I did that. There was a lot of bees. I wanted to do, like, the wine tasting, which I gave in, like, little plastic cups. You just get to try four different flavors. And then I picked out a wine. It's, like, a raspberry apple wine, which I'm very excited to try. I have it in the fridge now, cooling since yesterday um and then after that I didn't really do anything else after the day I was just like so tired we I've been I'd been out since like 10 got home a little after three. Oh, I also was able to pick up my bracelet so my boyfriend got me a bracelet for our six month anniversary like last month and I loved it but it wasn't my right size it was too big for me because I have very small wrists so I had to go to the jewelry store luckily there's one right next door to my job and they had to ship it out because I had to get like a couple links removed and so they emailed me after my friend dropped me back off at her place for me to get my car yesterday that it was ready which was great because it was actually a week earlier than when it was supposed to because they estimated like it'd be done on the 15th but it was done yesterday which was so much better so I went and picked that up and they ended up giving me the other two links. And they're like, if you want to, you can turn those into earrings. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. I told my boyfriend about it. And he said, that'd be cool. That way I'd have like a matching bracelet and earrings for it. Pretty much getting the earrings for free. <laughs> Here's a small wrist. But yeah, I did that yesterday and just kind of had like a night for myself, which is much needed. I found like when I go out and socialize with people during the day or just do a lot during the day, I need to like recharge at the end of the day into the night. So I just read, I planned some of my other writing assignments I have and did that. And so we are here today, which what I've gotten done so far, I can tell you because I have my planner open with all my things I want done. I updated my resume. I applied for jobs. I emailed my other job about something I had a question on. 
and I still have a few more things I need to do. I'm recording the podcast now. After that, I'm going to eat lunch because it's already almost one o'clock and I've been talking here for 20 minutes exactly now. Um, so that's been nice. Um, and then for the rest of the week until I go back to work tomorrow, I'm also going to work on another writing assignment that I just got like an hour ago. That's due on Monday. Just like at least start doing it. And then Friday until Sunday, I'm going camping with my boyfriend and my other friends, which I've never gone camping like this camping before. I camped at like a river place, but it was like right near the beach, so it didn't really count. I'm just glad that there's going to be good weather. And they say there's like no ticks over there because that's like my big worry with getting Lyme disease last year. So that'll be good. And just like have so much bug spray. And it just it's going to be fun and relaxing, which is what I need. Just to like get out in nature and not think about so much stuff and stressors and just life in general. So I'm excited for that. Definitely. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much been my vacation. Um, I've also noticed how being away from work has really affected me in a positive way. Like my mental health has been so much better. And it took me yesterday when I was telling my friend, cause we work together. I was like, this is the first time my vacation where I just feel content not being at work. And it's really nice. Um, I'm also feel very much ready for fall, even though the weather's not felt like fall all the way. There's been some instances, instances. Wow. You can tell it's early when I'm recording this. Cause I usually do it at night. <laughs> I could tell some instances of like the wind and like early morning, like cold. And so I'm excited for fall as I sip my tea. Good time for you to take a break and sip whatever you are drinking right now. But yeah, um, as far as job updates, I talked about in my last episode, I don't know, I think I got the job. Pretty sure I don't have it. It's been almost two weeks, going on to three. So it's fine. I spent my morning, again, I just said I was updating my resume. I applied for like at least 10 jobs. And I'm just going to keep doing it again tomorrow and see what happens. I'm not going to give up because of one bad thing. You know, if it wasn't meant to be, it's not meant to be. So that's fine. And as far as my mental health update, I feel very content and at peace with myself which is a very nice thing to feel and have so I am always grateful for that and will it be the same when I record this next week who knows but I'm gonna go with it today so that was a very big updated intro so thank you guys for listening through that so speaking of tea I have some tea on a really great author who I love, and that's going to be the topic for today. I know I just recently did um, an author you should know a couple episodes ago. I was also back in August, and that was when I did a two-week break, and I try to do these authors you should know every month, at least once. So that's why I'm doing it now, and because I also didn't really have an idea to do a certain topic, and I was like, you know what? I just finished my third book from this author. And I try to do three books for the author so I can talk about them enough. You know, I know the other one was an exception because those are the only ones that he's done. And I was just so excited to talk about him because he's so like popular right now, which is great. So yeah, I just thought we'd talk about, you know, the author, give a little backstory, talk about the books that I love 
and why you need to read them. So yeah, let's get into it, you guys. All right, you guys, I am back. You probably can't tell because it's a podcast, so you don't actually know what I'm doing, but it has been well over an hour since I last recorded the other part, the intro, had lunch, chilled out. So now we are back with the main topic of this podcast, and it is talking about an author who I discovered in quarantine last year and I have become obsessed with ever since. We are talking about Taylor Jenkins Reid, and we're going to be talking about three of her probably more popular books over the year um, that I'm so lucky and grateful I've gotten to read. Um, So how this topic came to be again I said I didn't really have anything to talk about (laughs) this week like as like a big topic and I was like you know what I want to do my author once a month you know author you should know read their books read a book or something like that related to books and I actually happened to finish her one of her books that I'm going to be talking about last month and I was like you know what let's let's talk about her and time is right why not So how I found out about this author, I found out about her in quarantine and I have TikTok to thank for that as well. The people like the hashtag book talk. I love those TikToks. They're always on my for you page. Um, And I just kept seeing this author being brought up about how her stories were like so amazingly done and such great lyricism and storytelling and shocking endings and plot twists and really emotional stories that bring together families. You know, I kind of call it the fame, fortune, and shambles of how she talks about certain characters or certain characters or just one. And she does such a good job of incorporating people, different elements from, you know, a person's past to the present to people's lives and how everyone else's point of view goes into it. And I think it's so amazing. So before we actually get into the three books I'm going to talk about, I thought it'd be good to kind of kind of go into the author's life and stuff like that and give them a little bit of how they came to be as an author. And I've also been trying to do that more with these authors, you know, as much as the books are really good, the person behind it, it's kind of the reason for it happening. So I think it'd be a good idea to kind of talk about her as a person than just her books. So Taylor Jenkins Reid was raised in Ocean City, Maryland and Acton, Massachusetts. She had some standard millennial culture taste, such as Saved by the Bell and Friends, but her greatest crush was on Lucille Ball. She spent hours watching I Love Lucy and thinking about the separation overlap of Lucy and Ricky Ricardo and Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. She studied film and television at Emerson College, taking advantage of a satellite program in Los Angeles that the school offered to second semester seniors. Still fixated by the interplay of actress and role, she landed an internship in the casting department for CSI New York. After graduating, Reed became the casting assistant for the casting director Sarah Finn and Randy Hiller, earning her first casting credit for the 2006 movie The Guardian, starring Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher. She began to write in her spare time during that. In 2011, Reed quit her job in casting to focus on writing. She signed with a literary agent and drafted a novel 
titled Forever Interrupted, about a man and woman who, like Reed and her husband, met and eloped in a matter of months. The husband dies in a bike accident, forcing the wife and the mother-in-law she had never before met to grieve together. The agent hated it, as did a manager Reed consulted. She said, I remember I was bawling my eyes out and laying on my bed, she said. She thought of a story in Ball's memoir about when an acting teacher told her mother that Ball had no talent and no future in entertainment. That did not stop Lucille Ball, Reed said. She found another way. So she parted with the agent, reworked the book, and submitted it to 30 agents. 29 passed on it, but one agent saw Primus, signing Reed and selling the book. She wrote three more books published in the following three years, After I Do in 2014, Maybe in Another Life in 2015, and One True Loves in 2016. The books found middling commercial success. In 2013, she read a Vanity Fair excerpt from Ava Gardner, The Secret Conversations, about a ghostwriter hired by Gardner to help her dish on her marriages to Frank Sinatra, Mickey Rooney, and Artie Shaw. This was a spark for one of her books that I'll be talking about, The Seven Husbands of Lillian Hugo. She decided to sign with a new agent, Teresa Park, who represents authors such as Nicholas Sparks and Janice Y.K. Lee. Reed pitched two ideas to Park, and they ended up becoming books. As of now, Reed is now writing her next book, which she sees as a capstone to a quartet of books about women and fame. It's about a type of woman who I want to talk about, a woman who has naked ambition, she said. It has made me ask a lot of questions about myself, like, at what point is it okay to lay down and relax for a minute? When is enough enough? So that's a little bit about her backstory, and obviously we could always just go back into the excerpt on the books, but I pretty much said everything that needs to be said about her. So I always like doing a little introduction into the character, the character, wow, too many books, into the author before, because I think they deserve as much recognition as the books do, because if it wasn't for them, these books wouldn't exist. So let's get into the three books. Um, so we're just going to do them one by one in the order that I read them, and then we'll just do the same thing that we always do, read an excerpt on the back, talk about it a little bit. And yeah, we'll go from there. So the first book that I've ever read by her was called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And I remember reading this book in quarantine last year. It was one of my like only online purchases. I only like bought books online. That was the only online purchases I did during quarantine was buying books online. And this was one of them. And I remember reading this book and thinking... This author does such a good job of capturing these characters and telling their life story, but not in a way that's so packed in a little bit of time. She expands it so well. And the thing that I loved the most about this book was how emotional it made me. I bawled my eyes out reading this book. It was one that I recommend to everyone to read if they want to get back into reading. It was so fantastic. She does such a good job of connecting all these characters and getting this like little um, realization at the end. You're like, oh my God, I never would have thought to connect the dots like that. But then you go back and like, okay, it all makes sense now of how she did it. So we will read the excerpt. It says, 
reclusive Hollywood icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. When she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monica Grant to write her story, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career, Monique listens in fascination. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to leaving show business in the 80s and, of course, the seven husbands along the way, Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. But as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. Written with Reed's signature talent for creating complex, likable characters, this is a mesmerizing journey through the splendor of old Hollywood into the sobering realities of the present day as two women struggle with what it means and what it costs to face the truth. And I don't really want to give too much away, and I really don't remember too much of the book that much. So let's just see. I have this article up from the New York Times where they did a report on her. Um again, I talked about how she did an ex, she read an excerpt about a ghostwriter and that was how it sparked her like that. I'm trying to see if I can find, um, things about her life. The book was amazing. I love this book so much. Um, let me see don't think I see anything else. Okay. So basically from what I read in the excerpt, this woman, Monica Grant has, um, been chosen by Evelyn Hugo to write, to go write her biography, her life. And she meets with her in her house to talk about her life. And it goes back and forth from present day to Evelyn's time when she's talking about her life and the interesting part is how they're how Reed is able to connect both the characters to a certain situation in person and time and you don't realize it until you're almost done with the book and you're like how does this connect with them the way she does connections in her stories is just astounding to me it's something that every writer hopes to do one day in their life and Again, the emotional bearings it had on me was so amazing. It was definitely that this book was probably one of the best books I read last year, without a doubt. And it really made me want to read more of her. And I'm so sad it took me so long to read more of her because this book was so good. And maybe I was just so emotionally damaged by it um, when I read it. But... Yes, it's safe to say I very much enjoyed that book. And the next book I read, I didn't read her books in order. I kind of read them as I went. The next one I read is her newest one, actually. It is Malibu Rising. It came out this summer. And I actually, through my book of the month, which is a really great app if you want to get back into reading or don't want to spend so much money, um, I got a hardcover for $10 because it was the first book I got when I signed up and I chose. So I got it through there. I... I'm not being dramatic when I said when I say I read this book in two days. She hit it out of the ballpark with this book. It was so amazing. Just absolutely, absolutely amazing. So let us read 
I'll read an excerpt in here, and then I will read what the article had to say about it, too. So, Malibu, August 1983. It's a day of Nina Riva's annual end-of-summer party, and anticipation is at a fever pitch. Everyone wants to be around the famous Rivas. Nina, the talented surfer and supermodel, brothers Jay and Hud, one a championship surfer, the other a renowned photographer, and their adored baby sister, Kit. Together, the siblings are a source of fascination in Malibu and the world over, especially as offspring of the legendary singer Mick Riva. The only person not looking forward to the party of the year is Nina herself, who never wanted to be the center of attention and was also had just been very publicly abandoned by a pro tennis player husband. Oh, and maybe Hud, because it is long past time for him to confess something to the brother from whom he's been inseparable, inseparable since birth. Jay, on the other hand, is counting the minutes until nightfall when the girl he can't stop thinking about promised she'll be there. And Kit has a complete couple secrets of her own, including a guest she invited without consulting anyone. By midnight, the party will be completely out of control. By morning, the Riva mansion will have gone up in flames. But before that first spark in the early hours before dawn, the alcohol will flow, the music will play, and the love and secrets that shape this family's generations will all come rising to the surface. Malibu Rising is a story about one unforgettable night in the life of a family, the night they each have to choose what they will keep from the people who made them and what they will leave behind. And in the article... It says, the, ent the Entanglement of Fame in Real Life Frames Reads Books. Malibu Rising, published in June by Ballantine, depicts two generations of a prominent family on the Southern California beach enclave. It focuses on a bikini model named Nina Riva, who has lost her mother, is estranged from her celebrity crooner father, and has raised her three younger siblings on her own. Set in 1983, the drama unfolds amid big waves, big parties, and big affairs but it poses thoughtful questions about the expectations often placed on women to provide men with forgiveness and absolution. It is one of three books by Reed that hit the bestseller list in two years. And I, I love this book. The one, I think the one thing that I really appreciate about this book is that it was set in one night, but it also told a whole story about the past with their late mother, with McRiva and his career and how that really set up such bad things and a story for the family afterwards and kind of getting it all to come back to one thing while also unraveling people's secrets and stories and memories. It was a really, really good book. Um, and yeah, again, I read this in two days and it's a hefty book. It's at least, I'm just opening up randomly. It's at least almost over 350 pages long. And it just, from the moment I read it, I knew I had to keep reading it because it was so amazing. And I just loved how it moved back in time, but it never made it difficult to catch up or feel like I was lost in any part of it which is really hard for books like that to do. And I've always been someone who's struggled with wanting to write stories, whether they're short stories or not, in the span of one day, but also going back and forth in the past time and catching it up to the present, to where they are now. And it felt really enlightening and honestly really nice to see an author be able to do that, especially someone like her, who 
did it so flawlessly and effortlessly. It really inspired me to want to actually try it out myself again to see that it's possible that a book like that could get published. So amazing as well. It was so good. And I feel really happy that I actually finally got to read this book. And the last book we're going to talk about is one that I actually read last month. And honestly, I heard really mixed reviews about this book, and I can see why there were mixed reviews on it. Um, the book that I'm talking about is Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, so it says in the back, Daisy is a girl coming of age in L.A. in the late 60s, sneaking into clubs on the Sunset Strip, sleeping with rock stars, and dreaming of singing at the Whiskey a go-go. Her voice is getting noticed, and she has the kind of heedless beauty that makes people do crazy things. Also getting noticed is The Six, a band led by the brooding Billy Dune. On the eve of their first tour, his girlfriend Camila finds out she's pregnant, and with the pressure of impending father and of fame, Billy goes on a little wild on the road. <coughs> so sorry about that. I had a tickle in my throat. Anyways, Daisy and Billy cross paths when a producer realizes the key to supercharged success is to put the two together. What happens next will become the stuff of legend. The making of that legend is chronicled in the riveting novel, written as if it were the oral history of one of the biggest bands of the 70s. In Daisy Jones and the Six, Taylor Jenkins Reid brilliantly captures an unforgettable place and time in an utterly distinctive voice. In the article, it talks about um, her 2019 novel as oral history, Daisy Jones and the Six, which explores the frictions and affections between members of a 1970s rock band. It reads like the backdrop to a Joni Mitchell song. Daisy Jones was selected by Reese Witherspoon for her book club in 2019 and is now being produced by her company, Hello Sunshine, as an Amazon limited series scheduled to start filming next month. And people said, I devoured it, and I immediately flagged it for Reese, who read it at the speed of light, said Lauren Neustadter, president in film, film and television for Hello Sunshine, who got a copy before it was published. It was very clear to us when we read it that it was something that was perfect for adaptation. It was also perfect for the book club. We don't often have overlap. And... um. Yeah, this book took me probably one of the longest to read. I think it's because of the style of it. It, Like they said, it reads like an interview. There's no um, dialogue. It's basically them all talking, the band, the six people, and then Daisy. And it does chronicle their life in the band as well. Um, I... I found it kind of hard to read. I'm not going to lie. I can see why people had mixed reviews on the book. I will say it still was good for me to read. I still loved the way that she could put a story together like this. I thought it was something completely different than I've ever read before, mainly because of that style. It didn't really feel like a book to me, but it was still such a good book. And I'm really happy it's being adapted into the screen. I think it's going to make for a great book. 
a, a great show. So I'm very interested to see how that goes about. So as far as would I recommend these books? Yes. I think the order I read them is probably the best way to go with Seven Husbands first, Malibu Rising second, Daisy Jones third. Um, I definitely want to read more of her novels, especially her earlier ones. I've seen them at Barnes and Nobles and I just don't feel tempted to read them, but I think I probably should to get more of how she started because obviously these are the most popular books that she has, which is amazing. But I think you need to give more people a chance with their other books in their earlier careers when they first started. So I thought to end this podcast, I would do what I did last time with the other books that I read. And I'm going to read like up to the first page, probably the first page of each book, not give any spoilers away, just try to hook you in and see if you want to buy them yourselves and read them. So we're going to start with Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and go from there in the order I read them. So shall we? Chapter one. Can you come into my office? I look around at the desk besides me and then back at Frankie, trying to confirm to whom exactly she's talking. I point to myself. Do you mean me? Frankie has very little patience. Yes, Monique, you. That's why I said, Monique, can you come into my office? Sorry, I just heard the last part. Frankie turns. I grab my notepad and follow her. There is something very striking about Frankie. I'm not sure that you'd say she was conveniently attractive. Her features are severe. Her eyes are very wide apart. But she's nevertheless someone you can't help but look at and admire. With her thin, six-foot-tall frame, her short-cropped afro, and her affinity for bright colors and big jewelry, when Frankie walks into a room, everyone takes notice. She's part of the reason I took this job. I have looked up to her since I was in journalism school, reading her pieces in the very pages of the magazines she now runs and I work for now. And if I'm being honest, there's something very inspiring about having a black woman running things. As a biracial woman myself, light brown skin and dark brown eyes, courtesy of my black father, and abundance of face freckles, courtesy of my white mother, Frankie makes me feel more sure that I can one day run things too. Take a seat, Frankie says, as she sits down and gestures toward an orange chair on the opposite side of her lucite desk. So that is Seven Husbands, how it starts. And we will now go into Malibu Rising. Malibu catches fire. It is simply what Malibu does from time to time. Tornadoes take the flatlands in the Midwest. Flood rise, floods rise in the American South. Hurricanes rage against the Gulf of Mexico. And California burns. The land caught fire time and again when it was inhabited by the Chumash in 500 BCE, it caught fire in the 1800s when Spanish colonizers claimed the area, it caught fire on December 4th, 1903, when Frederick and May Ringe owned the stretch of land now called Malibu, the flames seized 30 miles of coastland and consumed their Victorian beach house. Malibu caught fire in 1917 and 1929, well after the first movie stars got there. It caught fire in 1956 and 1958 when the long borders and beach bunnies trickled to its shores. It caught fire in 1970 and 1978 after the hippies settled in its canvas. 
It caught fire in 1982, 1985, and 1993, 1996, 2003, 2007, and 2018, and times in between, because it is Malibu's nature to burn. At the city line of Malibu today stands a sign that reads Malibu, 27 miles of scenic beauty, the long, thin townships, an area that hugs the slim coast for almost 30 miles, is made up of ocean and mountain, split by a two-lane thoroughway called the Pacific Coast Highway, or PCH. I could honestly read the other, like, one half of that page, but better to leave on a hook. And lastly, we have Daisy Jones and the Six, the first page. So a little excerpt that they do at the top for sometimes to talk about news and everything. It says Daisy Jones was born in 1951 and grew up in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. The daughter of Frank Jones, the well-known British painter, and Janine Lefebvre, a French model, Daisy started to make a name for herself in the late 60s as a young teenager on the Sunset Strip. And so it says the name of the person. So Elaine Chang is speaking and in parentheses, she's the biographer, author of Daisy Jones, Wildflower. So she's talking in this whole time. Here's what is so captivating about Daisy Jones, even before she was, quotations, Daisy Jones. You've got a rich white girl growing up in LA. She's gorgeous, even as a child. She has these stunning big blue eyes, dark cobalt blue. One of my favorite anecdotes about her is that in the 80s, a colored contact company actually created a shade called Daisy Blue. She's got copper red hair that is thick and wavy and takes up so much space. And then her cheekbones almost seem swollen. It's how defined they are. And she's got an incredible voice that she doesn't cultivate, never takes a lesson. She's born with all the money in the world, access to whatever she wants, artists, drugs, clubs, anything and everything at her disposal. But she has no one, no siblings, no extended family in Los Angeles, two parents who are so into their own world that they are all but indifferent to her existence. Well, they never shy away from making her pose for their artist friends. That's why there are so many paintings and photos of Daisy as a child. The artist that came into that home saw Daisy Jones, saw how gorgeous she was, and wanted to capture her. It's telling that there is no Frank Jones piece of Daisy. Her father is too busy with his male nudes to pay much attention to his daughter. And in general, Daisy spends her childhood rather alone. But she's actually a very gregarious, outgoing kid. Daisy would often ask to get her hair cut just because she loved a hairdresser. She would ask neighbors if she could walk their dogs. There was even a family joke about the time Daisy tried to bake a birthday cake for the mailman. So this is a girl that desperately wants to connect, but there's no one in her life who is truly interested in who she is, especially not her parents, and it really breaks her. But it's also how she grows up to become an icon. We love broken, beautiful people, and it doesn't get much more obviously broken and more classically beautiful than Daisy Jones. So it makes sense that Daisy starts to find herself on the Sunstep Strip, a glamorous, seedy place. So that's it, you guys. I hope I've hooked you on one of these books or all of them. And that is all I have for today. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week whenever you are listening to this. And I will talk to you all again next week with a new episode. Hopefully I'm just as chipper after my vacation is over. We'll see. Bye, guys.